Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Dr. Jay Calvert today on with Dr. Ravello via Zoom. Dr. Ravello, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm pretty, pretty good. Doing okay. You know, got, uh, you know, it's it's time to talk about lip lifts. It's something that's been, uh, you know, this is up there with uh, the uh, buckle fat discussion, isn't it? It is. It's part of our 101 series, even though I don't know that lip lifts are that common to the general population, but for the people that know about it, it's pretty darn common. Yeah. I mean, this is coming up big. Like people talk about this a lot in the media and magazines and, you know, on uh, all the, you know, review websites, lip lifts are front and center. But they're not for everyone. So that's the deal, right? So, you know, everyone or not everyone, but like lots of people are candidates for breast implants or for a liposuction or even a rhinoplasty, but not everyone needs a lip lift. No, it's true. And and really, uh, this is more of an operation for uh, people who've gotten older. Um, I, I don't think I've ever done a lip lift on a man, although I could envision one being done on a man, but this is mostly I've, for women. I've had a man request one. You so have? I have, yeah. But I think he also was swayed by media and thought that maybe he needed one. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing is, you know, this is where our, our you know, buckle fat discussion kind of comes up is that this is being, you know, sort of pushed by celebrity uh, interaction with this operation. Um, And there's a lot of ways to do it. So let's get into it. The reason that people want an upper lip lift is because their upper lip, which is the skin, the both the the, uh, uh, pinkish reddish skin of the lip, and then the normal looking skin above it, whether you're black, white, or other, the um, skin above the, the lip that goes up to the nose is basically all considered the upper lip. Right. So when a plastic surgeon talks about the upper lip, we are actually referring to that entire space between the bottom of the nose and the bottom of the upper lip, not just the red part that most people refer to as the upper lip. And so an upper lip lift is really lifting just that upper lip. It's not doing anything to the bottom, but it's shortening that distance between the nose and the upper lip. And it's giving you a lip lift. Right. Because most people have these operations. They consider them when they can't see their upper teeth, when they either when they smile or at rest, they notice that the lip has gotten too long and it, uh, it makes them look old. I mean, that's a, that's a uh, Shakespearean uh, phrase, isn't it? Uh, Long of lip or long of tooth. So both things sort of, you know, indicate that you've been around a few years. And so getting the upper lip shortened through this operation is really key. It does it does create a more youthful appearance as long as it's done well and done right, because it can also create the appearance of a blowfish or a, uh, <laughs> or a carp or something, something not cute. Something of the sea, yes. So the... I, <laughs> The thing is, the reason I was laughing that this is kind of a one-on-one, but kind of not, is because it's one of those features of the face, of the aging face, that the average person probably does not pay attention to and could not pinpoint as, yes, that is what's making me look older, because they just don't know that that's a thing. But once you've been educated, and those of us that do these procedures, we can pinpoint that as like, that is a feature of your face that is definitely making you look older. Because I know I look at whenever I'm watching movies or watching shows, I'm always checking out the upper lips of 
people on screen because I want to see like how long they are. And it's a very good indicator of their age. Like people talk about how your neck and your hands can really show your age. I think the upper lip can really show your age if you haven't had it worked on. So this is really, it's not for that young girl that just wants to have a poutier, bigger upper lip. This is not the procedure for them. It could be, but it could also leave them looking really weird. This procedure was really designed for the aging upper lip. Yeah. And and it's part of a uh, continuum of procedures also. It's not just, you know, let's take away some skin and lip lift the upper lip. There can be fat grafting. There can be lasers there can be resurfacing of you know uh, chemical peels there can be right. mucosal advancements which we'll talk about in a little bit but um i really find the 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 best way to do this procedure is to do the, what's called the bullhorn excision uh of skin uh and muscle and and i do some other things with the muscle too but it's where the incision is made in the crease of the nostrils and i carry the incision up into the nose. Uh, I like to go along the nasal sill. I stay under the columella, across to the other side on the nasal sill, and then into the crease of the other nostril. I, I've seen many lip lifts where there is a cut straight across the, in the fold between the nostril structures, you know, basically not contouring into the nose, et cetera. And they go basically straight across from nostril to nostril under the columella, which is typically okay, except that sometimes it's it contracts and it can be very obvious. And then you have a very obvious scar right under your nose. So the idea is to not show that scar because otherwise you sort of obviated the whole point of rejuvenating your face. Yeah, I, I just, I don't like that. I don't, I like to hide scars. I am all about this. This is where, you know, we get into that natural look, then, you know, the natural lift, which is sort of the, uh, you know, after years and years of just pounding on these named facelifts and named approaches, I'm, I'm realizing that, uh, Dr. Phil coined it for me as the natural lift when I was on his show. Um, but that's it. It's all about contours. It's all about hiding the incisions, placing them in, in creases and folds and structures where you don't see them. And so when I see somebody, you know, get a lip lift and it's like they, somebody took a, you know, a buck knife and went across their, their upper lip and, and sewed it shut. I'm not, I'm not impressed. I don't really love that. Right. So the idea is to hide those incisions. They're hidden in the base of the nose so that nobody can see them through those incisions, a strip of skin and sometimes muscle is excised. And then it's sort of literally like it sounds. We lift that skin of the upper lip up, suture it into place. And by doing so, it shortens that distance between the nostrils and the upper lip. And it sort of lifts and flips the upper lip. Yeah. And I put sutures into the muscle. I do, you know, you know, basically you want to get the entire lip to come up like a, like a window shade. You don't want the the central part under the nose to be higher so that you look like a bunny rabbit. I don't think that's. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that. I don't like that look. No, that's, that's no. just a technique failure. Basically you need to make it wider, obviously laterally and narrower centrally. And then the other thing that can help a lot is I do these deep absorbable sutures through the muscle to the periosteum and i really go for it out laterally and and less so medially but those deep sutures 
take the muscle and, and then I stitch them to the periosteum of the of the maxilla, the upper jaw in the nose. So you're and, talking about the, the bone. Yeah. Yeah, to, yeah. I'm sorry. Am I am I being too technical? <laughs> you're using, using doctor words. <laughs> sorry. I gotta I gotta bring this one to uh yes. So I stitch it to the lining of the bone, which is called the periosteum. And that holds, it's a very strong layer. It elevates the lip in a very natural manner. And then it also takes tension off the scar because the reason you see scars is uh, because you didn't do any supporting work underneath the skin and the scars pull apart. So those supporting sutures are really important to get a great result. Yeah, the idea is that you don't want all of this tension and support being on your skin sutures. There should be zero tension on the skin. That's how you're going to get the best facelift or best skin incision. And by putting the sutures deep, you put the tension underneath and therefore the skin comes together with zero tension. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, you can take a lot of skin. You can take, uh, you know, depending on how long that lip is, I mean, 12, 15 millimeters in some cases. Um, I just did one on, uh, a, a woman in her 80s and I took out easily easily a centimeter of skin and it looks amazing and you know you can see then the teeth um you can see that the uh, lip is shorter it's rejuvenated and then you add in some fat or some filler um it it really can rejuvenate the area quite nicely the idea when you're talking about how much to take or how much teeth you should show, you know, we have all these numbers and these figures on what the average youthful faith is, face and lip is supposed to look like. And something like two millimeters of upper teeth show, two to four millimeters is considered a youthful look. And so that doesn't mean that when you're walking around, your teeth are showing, but it just means that when you're resting in repose with your mouth slightly open, you see a little bit of your upper teeth. When you're talking, when you're smiling, you see most of your upper teeth. And so that is sort of the look that we're going for. Yeah. And you can, again, you know, fat grafting can help, um, especially with the rightids of the, of the uh, non-vermilion upper lip. If there's a those, lot of smokers wrinkles, lines, yeah. yeah, those smokers lines, then and they're not just for them. smokers. They they happen in anybody that's getting older. You get those fine lines, and people hate them. Uh, so they that do. is definitely something that can be addressed at the same time. I personally hate putting filler in those lines. I know a lot of people do. I think it makes people look like Kermit the Frog, the very like puffy Muppet upper lip look. <laughs> they do like that skin <laughs> of the upper know. lip, like just <laughs> looks like a Muppet. <laughs> Kermit the Frog here. No, I never thought about that. It's true. It does. It looks really strange. It looks, it looks really strange. looks like a Muppet. Looks like a Muppet. So awesome. Um, <laughs> fat is better. Right now, I like... somebody who just got filler in their upper lips, like, wait. Do I look like a Muppet? <laughs> yes, you do. Sorry, maybe. We're here to tell you. But that's where uh, an ablative laser comes in really handy, a CO2 laser, a pixel laser, something that's going to resurface the skin of the upper lip to literally ablate and just burn off those fine lines above the lip. That's what chemical peels, lasers, things are really good for. And then if you have to come back and put a small amount of filler, a small amount of fat grafting, that's fine, but it's not to the degree that, you know, you would, if you hadn't done those things. You know, the other thing that I wanted to bring up, I, I don't do this, but I know that people do is they do these V to Y mucosal advancements. And that's where you go on the inside of the lip and you advance, you create a V incision, you push 
the mucosa forward and close behind it so that it makes the turns the V into a Y and it pushes the lip out and up. Yeah. So these are incisions on the inside of the upper lip Ooh, to push it, to push it out from the inside. It, it really is dramatic. Um, but you, your, your mouth doesn't work right for quite some time. Um, there are some people that need that. Uh, I, you know, I never say never. I, I don't love doing that. I, I can't remember the last time I did do that. I have undone those. I have wide a V'd a few of them because <laughs> they were too extreme. So that has happened. Um, I've reduced lips because of that, but that's something to know about. And the other thing to know about too is a direct upper lip lift where the incision is made in the vermilion border, much like a direct over the eyebrow brow lift can be done. Um, so this is an incision directly above the red part of the lip yes. between in the red and white junction. And the scar is actually okay. This is only viable for lipstick wearing people. <laughs> you must wear lipstick because the scar is front and center. It's not really hideable in, in and of itself just because of its location. But for if you know that like, you know what, I'm wearing lipstick every day for the rest of my life, then it's it's an okay choice. I don't do it but I have seen it done. And for completeness, we should mention it. Yeah. I don't know why anybody would do that. It doesn't make any sense. So th these are the reasons why, and that's a great question. It's uh, because the nose can be too narrow. The, they, the, they may have a very wide mouth. And so a central lip lift may not be able to get them what they need. Um, so a lot of times when that's the case, what I will do is not the direct, um, incision on the lip, I will do a mid-face lift, like a very low place mid-face lift to pull up the corner of the mouth or do it through the facelift incision and then do the central lip lift. But it's a much more extensive operation because the whole point is if the mouth is curled down, then you, you have you know more to do than just an upper lip lift. And so that's kind of brings us to our next topic here is how and when you can do the, the lip lift. Because it can be done as an isolated procedure with local anesthesia, numb up the lip, do your incisions, do the procedure, you're awake the whole time. That is definitely a thing. You can also do it as part of a whole facial rejuvenation procedure. So at the time of your facelift, your mid facelift, you can add a lip lift in as well. So it can be as involved or as isolated really as you want it to be. Yeah. And they look great. I mean, I've done you know, loads of these procedures and I, I probably need a lip lift section on my website. I just, I, I kind of always do it with something else. One thing that I don't do it with though is open rhinoplasty. Oh yeah. That's a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Ravello, you and I both think it's a bad idea, but there are plenty of surgeons who think that it's totally fine to do an Oof. upper lip lift and an open rhinoplasty. And the reason that it's not fine and I have seen many a dead columella because of this maneuver. You're cutting across the base of the columella, and then you're cutting through the skin of the columella, and you're leaving a small bridge of skin of the columella between your upper lip lift and your open rhinoplasty. The columella is that middle part of your nose, and usually the open rhinoplasty incision goes across lower half or third of it. And what, what I've seen people do 
And and so you can imagine if you've cut below and cut above, there's an island of skin that's sitting there with no blood supply flowing to it. So, and if something doesn't have blood supply, it is dead, dead. That's the problem. (laughs) If you cut off the blood supply to that skin, it dies and then it turns to scar. And so this is what I've seen. uh, And and it's where in my revision rhinoplasty practice, I get a lot of revision rhinoplasties is from people who've had lip lifts and rhinoplasties, open rhinoplasty simultaneously. What some of the surgeons do to try and combat that is they'll cut the, the columella and the lip lift together and elevate it, which I think may be okay. I, I wouldn't do it. I, I know that some people do make their columella incision in the crease and it should be okay, even though that this columella is very long. But the problem that I have with that is now you have, you're pulling the lip up to your rhinoplasty. So I think you're going to drag your, your, your columella some, reconstruction south. You know, it's going to go. Some opposing forces. Yeah. yeah, so I don't really love that either. Um, but you know, d- to each his own. They're gonna, you know, your surgeon will decide what they want to do. You know, we we obviously don't operate on everybody. So if you're listening to this and you're having a lip lift and a rhinoplasty together, I would you know kind of address that with the surgeon. Just say, are you, are you cool with this? Do you think this will be okay? Um, and if it's a closed rhinoplasty, that's fine. Probably be fine. Yeah, if you do it endonasally, it's not—it's a non-issue. You can do a lip lift in an endonasal, a closed rhinoplasty, together because you're not cutting the columellar skin from the outside. You're, everything's being done inside. The blood supply should be fine. You'll have blood supply to the columella coming from the you know your uh, alar arteries and your columellar labial arteries, which you know may or may not get cut with the lip lift. Um, but even so, you should have blood supply coming superiorly. So. You know, you should be okay that way, but I'm talking about an open rhinoplasty with a uh, bullhorn excision lip lift. I don't, I think that's a treacherous combination and just address it. It's not that it can't be done. I just don't know that it should be done. What I do if I have to do that is I say, we're going to do the lip lift three months from now. We'll just do them separately so that it's safe. Yeah. And like we said, you can do it under local if you need to. You can come back. It doesn't have to be a big whole separate procedure. No. And, you know, I, I love lip lifts. They look great. Um, I'm going to pull a few out and isolate them and put them up uh, on our website just so people can see them. I, I mean, on our Instagram, we, we kind of need a website for this podcast, I guess. I think it's it's probably time. Like we're, we're there. Yeah, yeah, we, we got a lot to do. got a lot to do. So, <laughs> like, when are we going to do all this stuff? You know, it's just like, you know, I got to do uh-huh. surgery. Well, um, so yeah. What else about uh, lip lifts, Dr. Ravello? Well, Anything else we um, need to cover? Yeah. Let's talk about the recovery. Yeah. I mean, I leave the sutures in for 10 days. I think that it takes, you know, it's, if you take them out at seven days, it's a little early, it's a high action area. So you need to kind of be you're, if you do it under local, I mean, you can eat, speak, do everything the, the next day. I tell people to like, try to go low key for two days. Like if you have a job as a telemarketer and you're calling people, you might want to take three or four days off from that, right. but it's a pretty fast recovery from the lip lift itself. Right. So light foods for a few days, pain is very tolerable. Try not to, like you said, do a lot of you know moving of the mouth, a lot of talking. If you can avoid it, avoid eating big sandwiches, hamburgers, things you have to open your mouth really big for, but from an overall pain discomfort level. Yeah. A couple days, a couple days of soft foods, 10 days with sutures, and then you're good. Then it's just kind of scar management at that point. 
and waiting for the swelling to come down. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, the healing's fast, take the sutures out, you know, it, it, it usually is very well hidden. Again, if you put the incision up into the nose, et cetera, it, it's very well tolerated. Um, you know, even after 10, you know, days, two weeks, you can put makeup on it if you need to. Um, it can get a little red. So on lighter skin folks, it can look a little red for, you know, three to six months. And then it usually calms down after that. You can hit it with a laser if you need to. Um, but typically these scars are really nice. They heal very well. Yeah, it's a great procedure. The one thing I have had problems with are my deep sutures spitting because those are PDS sutures. So I have had some issues where they've spit. Not a big deal. You pop them out, they heal fine, but it, it's kind of annoying when it happens because it usually happens like at the most inopportune times. That's kind of <laughs> the way that that works. Now, say somebody really hates their lip lift and it's too much for them. Can it be revised? Can you ever go back to how it was? You can lower the upper lip, but not through, you've already taken the skin away. So it's not through the, through the usual methods. You could cut the depressor septi nasi muscles. There's uh, basically five, four to six heads of this muscle that come from the upper lip that come from the upper lip and go to your, your septum, to your, the base of your nose. And if you divide those, then uh, you could drop the lip down a bit. You could also add fat or like a dermis fat graft to the, to the lip itself to make the lip longer. That's one thing that people don't really understand about getting fillers is when you put fillers in your lip, it makes the lip longer. So it doesn't just blow it out and to the, you know, into the front of your face. It also makes it drop down. So there are ways to lengthen if it's, if it's overdone. So, yeah, I think that uh, those are sort of important points to understand is that reversing it is not easy, um, but it can be done. Um, you know, and the main people that get these, obviously, we said are, are uh, people who have aged and gotten a longer lip. But I will tell you that I do have a, a component of my practice that is post rhinoplasty uh, upper lip lifts because some of the techniques for the rhinoplasty will lengthen the upper lip. And I'm not sure that it definitely lengthens the upper lip, but when you elevate the tip of the nose, it can make the upper lip look longer also. So for whatever reason, sometimes after rhinoplasty, people say, boy, I really need to shorten my upper lip, which is, you know, not a big deal. It's all about aesthetics, but you know, the nose looks better, but now I don't love the way that my, my upper lips looking. Uh, so I don't cut those depressor septi nasi muscles. I shimmy between them with, uh, when I put in my calumella struts, uh, unless I'm trying to lengthen the upper lip, but that that's not usually the, the maneuver. And, uh, when I do move the caudal septum, I necessarily wind up dividing the depressor septi nasi muscles. So at that point I'll put in sutures to haul it all back together. And I will actually stitch the, the soft tissue of the upper lip back to the septum so that it doesn't lengthen the upper lip. All very key points. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think we've kind of covered it on the upper lip lift. You know, it is, it is sort of a, not just a one-on-one procedure. It, it's, it, it's sort of a more advanced procedure, but it is so front and center. I think we should have a one-on-one about it. So I'm glad we did. I like it. Good. Any more points, uh, Dr. Ravello? Are you ready to wrap this one and move on? I think we hit the highlights. Well, great. Then this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. 
If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself, this is how to do it. You can reach me at the website, RavelloPlasticSurgery.com. You can reach out to the office directly through the website with any questions or consult requests, or you can call the office directly at 310-954-1355. And you can reach me on Instagram at Ravello Plastic Surgery. And to reach me, the phone number is 310-777-8800. My website is drcalvert.com, drcalvert.com. Instagram, Dr. J. Calvert. And of course, you may want to check out our YouTube channel for the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast, which is simply that, Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Hope to see you all in the office very soon. Mm -hmm.